Hey, Tommy from the Run Testers, and welcome back to the Run Testers podcast. This episode is the Run Testers Awards, where we go through all of our top picks for headphones, watches, and running shoes across a range of categories throughout the past year. Right, let's just dive straight in and see what we all picked. All right, guys, how's it going? <laughs> I tried try make it, last last time we did this. I, you all got annoyed that I sounded uh, disinterested, so that tried to sound a bit more. Uh, I like up. it when it, I like when it's false, Tom. I like you to be genuinely interested in me. Yeah, has that ever happened? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. How we how we? It's been a busy uh, busy month for quite a few of us, racing and all sorts. What have we, Mike? What have you been up to? I've not been racing. I've been watching everyone else racing. <laughs> that's, that's uh, enough, I have got, I have, I have got a race. I've got a race. Well, I've got Manchester half count, and then we'll see, see where I'm at, and then. How long have we got for that? How about oh, the weekend? <laughs> oh right, okay. Yeah, so we'll see where we're at, and then start thinking about next year and starting to increase the mileage and stuff. But so in the meantime, I've just been watching you guys go out and do races instead. So uh, and not be Boring. jealous at all. <laughs> well, I don't know much about Manchester Marath- Manchester half marathon. Is it first a... time, first time I'll be doing it. Uh, starts at um, well, finishes at Old Trafford, so uh, hopefully it'll be more memorable than the last time I went there a few weeks ago. So, but uh, yeah, no, looking forward. To it. I know I've not done the not done a race in Manchester before. So, got, got your shoe choice right. picked. I have. I'm going to be right. So I'm going out. I've got I've got basically Puma, and I haven't raced in a Puma shoe. I know you guys are a bit more um, kind of experienced on that side of things. So this will be my first time. Out. I think maybe the DV8. What's oh, the names? Nitro Elite uh, Two. Nitro Elite Two. Yeah, I've got the red blue colorways. I've been out. People getting weird looks from people, but I'm going to be out <laughs> on that racing. So not going to hand um, over the uh, the shoe that just did so well in Chicago to you, unfortunately. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, I've asked mm. if they've got anything new. They won't. So uh, so yeah, I'll be. I'm actually looking. I'm looking forward to. It, so I've, I've had a few runs in it already, just to kind of get myself prepared and. Um, yeah, looking forward to see what the Puma Puma's got to. You, you can't go red. You can't go one red shoe, one blue shoe into Old Trafford. I know. Oh, yeah, Manchester. <laughs> I mean, sorry, that's like <laughs> take some stick for that. Uh, yeah. Damn, we have to re- have a rethink. Losty Nitro too. What do you reckon, Nick? Well, that was always a, a solid safe pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Well, uh, Nick, you've you've gone from being a a, a, a passable road runner to uh, an ultra runner. <laughs> Quite. To a, to a poor ultra on it yeah well not that recently now i suppose yeah i did an ultra did uh did 35 good miles and 15 15 walk jogs walk jog miles mm-hmm. um it's quite a surreal feeling i suppose when you get to that stage and you go like oh well i know i've done most of it now i just got to limp in and go well you wouldn't start a half marathon feeling like this this is quite a weird <laughs> situation to be in mm-hmm. so um yeah it took, took a long time i stopped eating shouldn't have done that uh but i had a really good time it's just you know mooching around my local forest with a few legends i know so i had a really good time so you you're all in on uh ultras now no 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 i've uh jamie's a bit older now so i should start start being a little bit easier to fit in some um uh proper training again for the road stuff hard sessions and that although today i had to do it on the treadmill because of a good old Amazon big deals day, which meant I had no no time to get <laughs> down the track, so I just jumped on the track. It's, it's ridiculously easy on a treadmill doing any kind of session. I don't know. Well, it, it, obviously it's just biomechanically easier, I guess. But yeah, it's just I did the session. I feel like oh, I just cheated basically. I've done my hit my paces. I've gone faster than the paces, but I know that should feel harder. Don't trust it one bit. <laughs> yeah. well, so what's the next race coming up then? Have you got if you're looking into any? Uh, London's the long term goal next year. I'll I'll probably try and get some short stuff in before then, but. 
I mean, it's really hard. It's, it's just it's just genuinely very hard to go. It feels very selfish to book out like a week, half a day of the weekend away when your kids are at school. So yeah, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't booked anything yet, but I'll try and get some local stuff in if I Wasn't can. Wasn't a problem before, was it? It's because you've got two now. Uh, it's because he's really young and Alba's at school now so she's away five days before I had Alba like a day in the week and it was you know I saw her quite a lot and now I thought, oh, I've only got two days with the kids I don't, you know I've got midweek with Jamie but um, I don't necessarily want to just disappear for half a day especially as it's cross country season I don't want to disappear and do a horrible five miles in the mud <laughs> for spending six mm. hours out of the house so um, yeah I'm trying to work out how I'm going to fit stuff in but um, London for sure nice well I just filled in my good for age for that so uh, I opened the championship yeah I don't think the good for age is quite late to open as well uh, I think yeah really late yeah it's about yeah. two months after where they said they're originally going to do it but oh, right. <laughs> yeah, everyone's jumping on it today uh, Kieran what have you been up to I did the same filled in my good for age for London today which I got at the Abingdon marathon last year mm-hmm. which I know you're going to go and run I'm going to be in Abingdon as well doing that one for my, be like my third Abingdon you did Abingdon in two weeks yeah yeah mm. um i've done it a couple of times it's a it's an interesting one it's like a it's quite a kind of club marathon so there's lots of fast people there doing what yeah. is it's an interesting course as well it's not the it's not the most exciting course but i love the start and finish on the track and it's always got a good atmosphere there's good people and somehow you sort of get swept along with all the other fast runners so yeah, yeah, last year it was it was the opposite to what the weather's been right now. It was absolutely tipping it down. There's bits on that go on to kind of some sloppy, muddy sort of park. They're not trails, but you know, park muddy park paths. So that'll mm-hmm. be one to watch out for. But um, yeah, and yeah. I'm just back from doing a, a loop, a lap, or almost lap of Lake Garda in Italy. So 100 miles in three days, minus 13 miles of murderous tunnels and cars, which I couldn't run. But yeah, it was it was magic. Did a, I think did a marathon, then 29, and then 33 to finish. Um, so I thought, when I looked it up, when you said you were doing this, there was just like a cycle path all the way around, but just not at all, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've, they, there was, it, was an in, it was one photo of a cycle path they've built that hangs over the, um, the lake, which is absolutely stunning. And on the websites, it makes it sound like they've built this all the way around. I think the intention is to complete it on, on the other side. But basically what you've got is one side of the, the lake is there's hotels and there's little towns and there's paths and it's all very manicured and brilliant and then on the other side because there's mountains there's not a lot so then you're either fighting a, a very small Italian road or you have to go up into the mountains I had spent a little bit of time in the mountains by mistake and ended up on some of the most sketchy steep 1000 meter down trails that I've ever run and uh yeah questioning my choices Mm. they have the color coding in the alps i mean i've gone on some holidays with my my wife is uh, half swiss we go and found, found in the alps and this guy i see a certain color i go well, uh, well nick's not doing the walk today i'll tell you that for free because <laughs> that color coding means it's essentially not a path it's just a, a wall of death <laughs> this this i've never done i've never seen anything like it. it was basically straight down and it was scree and stones and normally you can stand on the big stones and they're the ones that you can trust and rely on you stand on the big stones on this and the loose ones they'd all move everything moved <laughs> it's like yeah it wasn't it wasn't great um, and you're in road shoes right i assume i was in the i was in the on cloud monster <laughs> so i was picking up all those stones on the way down and all but yeah they actually to be honest they actually cope quite well with it i mean i took my time but um yeah not not ideal but it's a very very beautiful place to run and if you can go and do it over five or six days or whatever or even just go yeah, it's just wonderful and a lot of it is is really well put together there's water everywhere it was uh it was a really good adventure you know and those bits thrown in made it a little bit more challenging but definitely mm-hmm. recommend it 
there's actually a marathon there which they there's a um, which runs on the good side of the lake as well they were putting up the signs for it whilst i was there but mm. so then having done and then i don't know what, what will come after that maybe a rest sounds logical we'll all be doing london maybe mike if you can uh, get yourself a yeah. place somewhere i should have a place i should have i might have my deferred place from this year so ah, i'll be in nice. i'll be in well, I'll be, I'll yeah. be uh, a week after Boston, so I'm not 100% sure I'm going to do it. <laughs> I did a week after Berlin, mate. It's no problem. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the mind games begin. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like to drink quite a lot on the flights. So that's my main concern. <laughs> the hangovers. Like to drink. Yeah, you certainly do. Yeah. Well, I've just, I've just got back from Berlin. Successful trip. Yeah, we've not had any kind of video or anything, Tom. I thought it would be a... So I'll tell popular. you what, the, the the situation in Berlin with the flights that I had to deal with, <laughs> cancellations and stuff, I was in no mood to record anything when I got back from it. I wanted to wipe it from my memory. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really test anything out there. I'd, I'd run in the Endorphin Pro 3s again. So yeah, well, didn't, didn't want to do another TV video issues. on them. People just want to hear a triumphant Tom PB Marathon video, a story. Tell us a story about Berlin, Tom. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> just solid, good-paced no, we meant the journey back. We meant the journey yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to remember that. Just, really yeah. awful just, Well, you know the problem was he, he booked his flights with cancellation, so he had all sorts of weird airlines flying to and from like Norway to use these things he had to use up. So Only the way there. The way back was just a, just an easy jet flight. Where did you fly a bar, bar on the way there? Oslo or something? Norwegian. <laughs> oh, I know. I went to Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, which is a nice airport, actually. wasn't bad. Good nice airport. Good, good races in Copenhagen as well. Should have stopped there next time they do one. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't have minded that. Wouldn't have minded that. So, uh, so yeah. But I've just got my uh, Boston qualifier in, so that's all set up for next year. Yeah, exciting. Nice. Good work. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and do Boston until, basically, until someone pays my flights. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Way too cheap. It's a, Way it's too cheap a, to do an American marathon. <laughs> we we're going to Iceland for three days before as well. Jeez, oh, it's another. Over. Sounds like ripe for another flight disaster to me. <laughs> well, inevitably, inevitably, yeah. But I'm, I'm still sort of deciding whether I'm going to go for another PB at Boston. It's a risky one to go for a PB at, isn't it? Well, you get a tailwind, blast you all the way there. If, yeah, if I'm lucky, <laughs> I get the opposite. Nice. Oh, and, and yeah, now and I've got my coaching qualification now, so officially. Yeah. So there you go. Can be starting. Sign up for Tom's coaching. Yeah. No, I'm, I can't. I haven't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right then let's uh we're going to be doing the awards in a bit but before we do the awards any kit that we have tested recently that is not, worth come on we've got we've got to talk about the world records briefly at least surely <laughs> surely right, we can do that we'll do that first then <laughs> not bad was it no some exciting shoes coming quite annoying to to the most exciting and anticipated launches of all time and uh just as i released the carbon got... shoe video without any access to them so that's perfect <laughs> perfect for me perfect for old nick well, what was the what was the time took two hours and 35 seconds from Kipton in the Alpha 3 which Nike uh, immediately then in a completely unprecedented move from Nike then whacked on in to say oh it's coming in January they never do that I think they really wanted Mm. to jump on the hype but also maybe send a little message to Adidas what's the the bet how much do you think it's going to be well Adidas has really given them any leeway to what they want it'd be minimum $300 I reckon yeah way more than that I reckon Mm. reckon it could be the first uh, well not the first one but the first mainstream £400 shoe I don't think they'll do that yet because uh, they wouldn't raise them that much in the pre war. So the first ones they jumped to the second one. I mean, in Britain, oh, it might be a thousand pounds because of our postage situation in Brexit. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll go. I don't think they'll go nuts because I think they'll just continue the progression of pricing. Mm. Changed anything substantially? I don't think so. Well, it looks nice. Oh, it looks very nice. 
Mm. No longer decoupled. Looks much sleeker. I imagine it's a bit lighter. Well, I'm just waiting for that to come out so I can finally buy the Alphafly 2 and give that a go. I saw on Instagram today. It's very cheap in Brazil today, Tom, if you want to. was it? <laughs> you got any flight vouchers that will take you via Brazil? Maybe? <laughs> not, probably not as far as Brazil. <laughs> yeah. They're not selling it in Scotland, are they? Because I could probably do that. <laughs> so, no, the train, cost of trains these days would be cheaper to buy the, uh, buy the shoes outright. Anything else we've tested? Actually, I, the big shoe that I've tested recently, I think you've all tested it as well, that is very exciting is the New Balance Fresh Roam 1080 V13. Yeah, I like this one. This is this is one of my favourite shoes. Definitely one of my mm. favourite. I've, I've loved it. I've loved, I've, I've loved every run I've done with it. And it's one of those ones I've picked up and I was like, I want to go out and run the shoe. I, you know, I do, I'm not really a massive, been a massive fan of the last shoe. And this is a, it's a very different shoe from the, the previous 1080s, but I think in a, in a really good way. And um, I'm, I'm really liking it. Big have fan. you got it kieran because i'm more interested in your view on this it's quite a soft shoe it's very soft yeah yeah i mean i i i like it i mean it's, it's kind of come at a time when i i'm doing quite a lot of kind of slow plodding i nearly took it out to do the lap of lake garda actually because it was just it's almost got guaranteed sort of comfort written all over it and it is a bit soft the reason i didn't was because i was worried that it might be a little bit too soft and a little bit too would be very, very good for climbing mountains <laughs> it would have been terrible on those rocky bits on the way down. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it would have been all over the shop. But I went for the Cloud Monster just because they, they're just a little bit firm, have a little bit more response, I think. Uh, for me, it, it, it's pushed right over towards the Nimbus is how I kind of read it. Whereas if the old V12, I think, was a little bit flatter, a bit more... Oh, I feel like the old one was... But more of like a cushion daily train had a bit more response if you did want to run quick this feels it's really soft like i did 90 minutes on it on sunday and by the end i was like it's a bit soft it's not i really just thought that the previous ones were just dull but they just did i didn't get anything from you it's just like it's just like a it was just a running shoe there was nothing yeah, you could say about true. it i think you get a bit more response i did one like slight progression run in the 1080 v13 and i didn't really enjoy it basically i like it for just easy stuff really i mm. think it's it's not as versatile not yeah. as versatile it's a it's bit like the Nimbus 24 it's creeping up yeah. on the more for me. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's softer than more. I mean, if, yeah, I just think it's soft without necessarily a whole amount back. So if you're using it as a, just an easy day shoot, great. Mm. But um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's a shoe that Jane must love, I'm sure. <laughs> I, well, she's not, I, she, she can't have tried it yet because she's not mentioned it. She's reviewed she, yeah, it. She, uh, has she? Yeah, she likes it. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course she, uh, yeah, of course she does. <laughs> uh, how, has she mentioned uh, the Invincible as well? Probably. She compared it. I'll be interesting versus to see. Anything else we've tested? I mean, I just had an interesting trip over. We talked about it before, but Win spelt U Y N, which I really is now unleash your nature. I'm still not 100% sure why it's pronounced Win, even though I've been over there, didn't really find that out. But I, I also ran on the second and third day of this run. I took a chance and I wore a pair of their shorts and one of their sort of running tops, which are a wool. And I, I've never, I've just, basically, it just really shocked me, surprised me. And it's so comfortable. It was boiling out. It was 27 degrees. And, you know, the last thing you sort of think is actually I'm going to put on the wall and go with something that's got a clingy and tight. And, a, you know, it's quite thick. But actually, I think I've been converted not only to wearing wool, but also for the first time in my entire life, I wore a pair of shorts that were very, very tight, like very tight running shorts with pockets with nothing on over the top mm. with, uh, with more on show than I would normally do. And it felt liberating. Treat for the holidaymakers. <laughs> one t one t shirt or two though, Kieran. That's the real question. I still had two t shirts. Of course you did. Course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still had the two t shirts, but yeah, no, twenty seven degrees. Really... Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was really good. Really, I'm, it's, I, I don't know. Something about them. Yeah, they're just 
all the flexibility that you needed, good pockets, you know, it was just, it's a bit of a convert to wearing that more maybe sort of trail style, sort of tight running short. So expect more of that in the videos coming up. <laughs> mm, yeah, probably won't be watching that one. Um, <laughs> uh, so right, so we dive in and do some awards then. Let's do it. Okay, so we're back again with the awards, the 2023 Run Testers Awards, and we've we've moved it forward a little bit this year because I think last last couple of times we've done it, we've left it till the end of the year, and it's sort of got we've got pretty much all the shoes already, so we thought we'd do it a little bit earlier this year. Got all the shoes. So, got all the <laughs> shoes, but as a result, what we've done is we're discussing this. If it was going to be the if the shoes had to be in 2023, or we picked up the shoes that we missed last year that came out towards the end so things like the super blast so we've included shoes that came out that that we couldn't include in the last awards sounds good in case it's very oscars very like the oscars exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so it's been a i wouldn't say i I think last year it was there was like some really clear it was a really exciting year for shoes last year and there were some really big wins i don't think it's been as exciting this year it's been a few good shoes but it's not been like lots of standout stuff i would say What what would you guys say i think it's been I think it's been some sound. Yeah, I agree. It's been a bit of a I think what's been weird, very apparent when we did the voting for the awards is actually some of the very best shoes that we've all loved a lot individually, not all of us have got. So I think we've had a little bit less, you know, general hype between us about some shoes, which maybe dulls the overall level of hype. But yeah, I think a lot of brands have had a slightly quieter year. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's been okay. Yeah, some very good shoes. I, I, I think the thing that's missing for me this year was you had last year we had a massive onslaught of shoes from brands like Saucony and Puma where it just seemed like new shoes are coming out every few weeks and of course we haven't had new speed this year either so we should always and, and Mac 5 um, so well, they're ones that obviously crop up quite a lot in our in the awards so actually I suppose what might be is that like, actually this was the year of the super trainer and in the end a lot of those yeah. were a little bit disappointing so I think actually that maybe dulled my overall impression of the year quite a lot because all the new super trainers came out and actually a lot of them weren't very good I thought yes I'd agree Okay, well, let's um, let's start going through the awards. So as always, we all vote on our favourite picks throughout the year, uh, and then we tally up all of the all of the choices and uh, work out what the top pick is in a category, and then we have a runner-up as well. Uh, and uh, in this video, we're going to talk a bit about why we pick those shoes. So the first award we've got is best running watch. Mike, you're going to pick this one up. What won best running watch in 2023? Yeah, so I think which is pretty unanimous, I think, in terms of the team. But I think that the one we've gone for is the one that is on my wrist. It is the Garmin Forerunner 965. <laughs> now, I think the big thing for hit for this really for Garmin is that they really had to show a response, a bit more of a response to what's happening with smartwatches and particularly the Apple Watch. So they decided to go. Amled with a few of their watches this year. I think for us, the 965 is the one that stands out. It's that kind of top feature-packed running watch that Garmin has in its collection. And it really kind of elevates a lot of the features that it already has on this watch. It has already delivered on the previous watches. I think it really makes mapping a, you know, 
more impressive in terms of having that AMOLED dis- display. You know, all the, the the data that you'd want from the from a 900 series on the, from the Forerunner is there as well. And I think crucially, and this is the thing I think we were all worried about, is what the battery life was going to offer and what it was going to deliver. And I think ultimately for me, it's something that I still go back to when I fit. You know, we're testing watches all the time. It's the watch that I go back to, um, and I think the battery life has kind of delivered on that front and gives me enough and I think for, for a lot of us in the team who voted for it just an all-round good performance and it is more expensive than the than the previous watch but I think if you want that AMOLED display and that kind of top-end Garmin running watch and that's what you get from the 4965. Mm. Any thoughts from anyone else? Kieran you had it out at Lake Garda right? Yeah and yeah, I actually absolutely concur what Mike said I think the battery life is something that's sort of really been a standout for me on that I I was testing it up against the Apple Watch Ultra 2 over the three days in various different settings. And it's the kind of watch that actually I could have gone the whole of that run without having to worry about at all. And in all of the settings, it was it was competitive. I Yeah, just solid. And you know, the, the one thing as well, I think just the AMOLED screen does really make a difference. I've, it's taken a little while for me to be a convert to that as an idea. I've been, oh, I don't really mind having a screen as long as I can see it. But again, out in the bright sunlight, I think, yeah, it, it, it actually really impressed me. In, particularly over that kind of multi-day as well so yeah the only uh, negative i had about it was um i because uh, it doesn't have the reinforced screen that you get on the epics and the uh, phoenix which has never bothered me at all i never even thought about it but i did actually scratch the four on a 965 uh, screen at one point um i don't know when it was somewhere in wales but yeah so that's the what i think one you know when you talk about the we often i think gloss over a bit the difference in build quality between phoenix epics lines and the 965 lines because it's not something that generally comes up a lot in our day-to-day running i don't think but yeah you don't get that screen but it's quite rare that i would scratch a watch first time i've ever done it to i think okay so winner 965 what about the runner-up mike so the runner-up we've gone with is the chorus pace 3 so i think we all loved the chorus pace 2 and i think the pace in, in general is kind of probably chorus's strongest watch and while the price has gone up with the new pace, I think ultimately it's still offering like exceptional value for money in terms of you're getting in terms of sports watch, in terms of what you're getting in running features, you know, in terms of you're still having that really strong battery life that we really kind of associate with chorus watches. I think in terms of the upgraded heart rate sensor we've got here, in terms of having dual frequency GPS, all these kind of things that you've got in this in the cheapest chorus watch really makes it a real standout watch and i think it holds its own against much more expensive running watches as well so i think you know i think it was very close in terms of these two watches and i think we've got one that's kind of that top end price in terms of the 4965 but as a runners runners up kind of award for the chorus pace three i think in terms of value i mean it's, it's very hard to beat in terms of what you get from that watch yeah, I think one thing that's really great about it is that is the multiband GPS seems to have been improved quite a lot because Chorus brought it, well, actually were the first to launch the multiband watch was the Vertex 2 and it yeah. just wasn't very good and I was, like, I was a, bit, like, a bit disappointed and then the Apex 2 Pro and they had multiband GPS it still wasn't very good but the Pace 3, it genuinely has been very accurate like I used it for my ATK run against the Epix and it was very close across the whole way in multiband mode and things like that so that GPS at that price point is quite rare I think it's you know of that standard and that's a big thing for me obsessed with gps mm. <laughs> and also good for people with uh leaner wrists the uh the pace yeah thing. much smaller very nice and light okay so from watches on to the next bit of tech headphones now i i'd probably say there's it's been a it's been a bit of a quiet year for headphones sometimes we get a lot of headphones released it doesn't seem to be that many but there's been a couple or one specifically towards the end of the, uh, the, the later in the year that's cropped up, which um, been waiting for a while. So, what one best headphone, Nick? Kieran, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were taking this one. I'm you're going to talk about, about, talk about the, the opening. Do the runner up. He's going to do the runner up. Okay. You're going to do you want to do that? Do you want to do that last leave time? It in. Leave, leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. All right. Okay. Well, now, now we've set that it's now the suspense has been built up. Yeah. So the winner of the uh, the best headphone um, for this year is the Jabra Elite Eight Active. Now, I, I think it's safe to say that we're all, you know, fairly good fans of the um, the old kind of Elite Four Actives and the and the Sevens and the Eight. I think have come in and they've just improved. I think across the board, most of the key areas that you want in a good pair of uh, running headphones. So you've got solid fit for in ears. I think with a kind of shape grip, which does hold tight for most people other than Nick. Um, no, no, these are the only <laughs> ones. The only ones that stay in my ear. <laughs> oh, they stay, they stay. So even that, they've ticked that box. But, you know, you've still got really nice compact design in terms of the buds and the case. They're well built. They've got they've upgraded the durability, including in the, in the case. I think they've got clear, rich, um, deep and pretty nuanced audio as well. That's also customizable, so you get lots of bells and whistles with these. Their battery life remains competitive, which I think is eight hours active noise cancellation, goes up to 14 if you switch that off. That's like a total of 56 hours of runtime in the buds and the case. So it kind of ticks them over into, not only you've got marathon territory sort of covered with your eight hours, but you've also got ultra covered as well with the battery life. Loads of additional features, ANC, the hear through, uh, you've got spatial sound. You can have, one thing I really love about them is dual simultaneous connection. So you can connect to your phone and your laptop at the same time and switching between those is nice and easy as well. And overall, I would just say the, these headphones are basically a really good all round package for just sneaking in under 200 pounds in the UK. Uh, so I think they represent good value for money and I think they've been a favorite amongst the team because of that. And now to Nick. <laughs> the runner-up. So the runner-up is a, a bit more of a controversial choice. I think it's fair to say if, if Shocks had released the Open Run Mini this year, we'd probably all vote for that. But we've the Shocks Open Fit is headphones. I think they can go either way. So I love them because they fit really, really well. They've got a really secure fit for me. Very comfortable fit. They hook over the top of the ear. They stay in place. They deliver better audio than bone conduction headphones, or allowing some awareness, although less awareness. It should be pointed out than bone conduction headphones. Uh, but I know the fit hasn't been so good for other people. So I think that's the bit of a toss-up here. And that's I think this is one of the big trends in headphones this year. Is this Open headphones that isn't a bone conduction headphone? It hooks over the top of the ear. A speaker rests near your ear. They've called them air conduction. They just put a speaker near your ear is what they've done. Um, and some of them are really good, and the sound quality is quite impressive. Actually, surprisingly, I think the fit issues with RIM is kind of across the board. I've had a lot of them that hurt my ear a bit, that pinch my ear a bit, or a bit loose. And I would have thought an over-ear fit like that would be quite easy to get right, but actually it isn't the case. So I think when you're looking at these headphones, you have got to worry about the fit quite a lot. But the open fit for me did fit, but I said the word fit a lot, fit really well, uh, really comfortable. <laughs> and I, I just really like them uh, as headphones. I think they're a really solid option for general life use if you're not someone who goes for in-ear headphones all the time. Obviously not ideal when you're traveling, but the rest of the time they're quite useful. But I do know there were some problems with the fit in the team, right? Yeah, I did not get on with them. <laughs> and I'm testing, I mean, I've, you know, and I, like Nick said, there's definitely, I think the biggest trend we've seen this year has been this kind of talk of air conduction. And it was ultimately just giving people who don't love the sound from bone conduction. I think, with me, I think the, I think Shocks have got something here in terms of the sound performance, in terms of what they're delivering and offering something alternative to their kind of neckband style headphones. The fit just didn't work for me. And I think if they're going to persevere with it, I think, there's room to improve that side of things. I think if they can get that right, I think 
I would be more on board with it um, as a pair. But I think there's a lot that they've got right in these headphones. Just needs for me personally, needs to do a little bit of work in terms of that um, design, in terms of the security of the fit. I thought they were great, but mine don't charge anymore. What? <laughs> mine right, won't well. charge anymore. <laughs> okay, well, we should uh, caveat that then. They're runner-up if they still charge. Maybe we should bin them off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I, yeah I, I've not managed to work out how to... I'm assuming it's, I've done something wrong, but no, they're definitely not charging. So yeah, a little caveat, little caveat there, but it's not the, it doesn't sound like it's a problem for anyone else. 25% of us, though, it's not good. <laughs> okay, so on to the shoes. Start with, now this 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 um, category, all the other ones are what we class as the best of the shoes but with trail shoes there's so many to test that we don't class it as the best trail shoe it's our favorite trail shoe because there's so many that we haven't had an opportunity to test um because there's so many that released is who's picking this one up kieran's on the oh, lead i think kieran, okay yeah, so kieran one. what one our favorite trail shoe of 2023 yeah well you've stolen a little bit of my thunder there I, th- I think it's worth noting that when it comes to this award we probably lean towards a shoe that's a bit more kind of road to trail something that's probably bit better on the less sort of technical side of things so we're thinking about maybe rolling easier trails than the sort of steep mountain sort of technical descents that you might find people doing sky running and for that reason the winner that we've chosen is the Hoka Tecton X2 it's definitely one of those shoes that can cope with road to trail it sort of ticks all the boxes of a sort of versatile off-roader I think it's it's good, it's kind of fast, it's pretty nimble. It's got kind of balanced cushioning, so there's enough cushioning there to soak up a bit of the trail and the road, but you're getting response. There's enough stability and support, I think for a lot of people to find it quite a generous shoe and easy to run in on trails. Um, I think it's got gears for shorter and faster runs, but you can also wear it on yeah, longer, slower runs, and it's got the protection that you might take into ultra territory when you're gonna have a lot of time on feet as well. So it's got all of that, in its locker. It's a bit basically like a pepped up speed goat that's comfortable, durable, and I think a really, really capable shoe that's just fun to run across the trails in. Not massively different than the first one though, is it? So minimal, minimal changes. Yeah, there's not yeah, they've not changed they've not changed an awful lot, which I, I figure yeah. maybe it's there's, was a There's some shoes the that we've got in here that are, are massive overhauls to to the previous <laughs> versions, but the uh, the Tecton X2, um yeah, not not a major difference from the first one. What I found with the Tecton X2 is I appreciated it a little bit more by the end of the year, having tested a load of kind of super shoey trail shoes from other brands that have gone a bit more wild with their designs, more crazy like and you realise just how kind of solid and reliable the Tecton X2 is and can land on almost anything and grip and mm-hmm. give a wide decently wide platform to land on so i do think yeah it's got a pretty good reliability factor as well but you don't necessarily feel a massive amount of response from the uh, midsole i don't think no. I've, i i've uh, whenever i run out i just think it's a lovely smooth ride that's what i always get from it really enjoyable smooth ride tom um, smooth ride yeah. <laughs> sponsored by dettel sort of the podcast. Um, all right then what, what's the runner up then uh, I'm on this was their Nike Ultrafly, which um, I think is an interesting shoe. I, I, actually, I think I've, I've done about 150k in this shoe. I've done a lot of running. I don't actually think I put it in my top three, but other people have voted for it. So and I do think it's a good shoe. So I think it's just a really expensive shoe. But this is Nike's uh, Vaporfly for the trails is what it was initially mooted as with ZoomX foam in the midsole, a carbon plate. They've wrapped the ZoomX to make it more stable, big, beefy, wide base on it. And it's quite a heavy shoe as well. And I actually love the shoe a lot uh, for 
because it was my first summer of doing these ultra distance runs it's a very very approachable accommodating shoe and you know i really liked ticking through very long runs uh, very slowly in it and it was really good for that i just don't think it's a terrific racing shoe if you're looking at short distances and actually you get that a little bit more from this is probably one for next year but now because actually doesn't release till spring but the adidas uh trail shoe the terex uh, agavex speed ultra is a bit more dynamic and exciting but the ultra i think is a very good shoe and i one i've loved using for lots of runs i still just don't know how much i'd recommend it because of the price but it is a runner-up so i say it's a very good shoe but maybe mike you must have voted <laughs> for this right you love it <laughs> i voted it. yeah i mean I, like i say i think when initially when this i you know, got this shoe in i mean i was kind of thinking it as being a lot more aggressive than it actually turned out to be and i think in terms of a shoe that you can kind of cruise in i love the fact that nike has decided to go that kind of vibram outsonic so you know loads of good trail trees have that and it works really well and i think for me the runs that i've done it i've just enjoyed running in it i know i don't think you can do massively quick runs in it. it just doesn't allow for that but that's not what i don't think it's built for and what we thought maybe it would be built for but i think in terms of the runs that i've done and you're just relaxing kind of going out and covering you know a lot of mileage i think it's it's a nice shoe to to run in it's one i've enjoyed running in yeah i mean it was fair i don't do it down because like out of the box pretty much i just did 50k in it for the first time in my life i ran that far and that long and i did the last 30k of the 80k ultra in it and it's, it's really really comfortable and a great upper uh, for comfort although it's not the thickest upper i did get thorns in my feet at times but um i just think uh, you've got to go in expecting that a cruiser if you go in expecting that bouncy zoom x ride it just doesn't really deliver that it's a much more stable you know platform than that built for stability and comfort rather than that zingy pace okay so from trail shoes to i'd say this is probably one of the trickiest areas the categories nowadays because so many things in it Uh, daily shoes best daily shoe (laughs) now best daily shoe has gone from being just you know your comfortable shoe that you pick up and go and do miles into a massive spectrum of shoes including daily super shoes and all sorts of things so there were a lot of competing uh, shoes in this category but one shoe stood out that was the Asics Super Blast and that's a shoe that I, I, have you all tested the shoe now? Just me and you I've not had it yeah just you I've not had it <laughs> yeah because we both picked it as our, as our top pick didn't we Nick? yeah it's where it's where, yeah I think I was quite sceptical of the shoe and then I tried it yeah it is it is really good <laughs> yeah, it's a, I I picked it up quite early on in the year, and you you you've haven't had it till recently, have you? And yeah. it's just a fantastic, enjoyable shoe. It just it's a very expensive shoe, but it's a it's a shoe that you can do a lot of stuff in. It it, it technically on paper when you help pick it up, it looks like a big max cushion shoe, but really you can go pretty fast in it as well. Yeah, I've gone down the track in it. It's got a bit of stiffness to it, so you can run fast. It's like the only shoe in Asics's range that uses this turbo foam that isn't you know the racing shoe from Metaspeed the metaspeed racing shoe so you are getting a bit of bounce there it's really versatile it kind of shows what you can do with a max cushion shoe with a great foam because it's 250 grams in a uk9 and it's 45.5 millimeter stack height it's crazy light so yeah it, i mean it's really expensive and there are certainly you know more practical shoes you can get for a lot less that probably do a very very good job we've got some in the other categories but i did enjoy loving running in it and it's probably the first time i've really liked and really loved using a absurdly high cushion shoe for the most part i find them a little bit you know annoying yeah. at times but um this and may and then maybe the prime x2 strung as a for training i did find very enjoyable i, th- I think the super Blast is going to be very interesting to see what happens with it it's, it it reminds me of i, I think the, the 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 original nova blast was a little bit more of a polarizing shoe some people absolutely love that shoe and some people weren't so, so keen on it but 
the magic of that first shoe disappeared quite quickly when they moved <laughs> to the Nova Blast 2. So I'm very interested to see what they do with the, the, the next Super Blast version when it comes out. The feeling I have with it, and it isn't really like it at all, but it feels similar in what I'd use it for and how much I enjoy it to the original Nike Pegasus Turbo, which obviously was a mm. well-loved shoe. And um, I, yeah, I get a very similar vibe from it, even though it is so much bigger. I was just going to say, I'm just, I mean, it's interesting why do you think why this hasn't really been pushed because you know you guys both loved it and it's not really a shoe that Asics has really pushed you know in terms of its launch so I mean you know in terms of it going yeah. forward and being a well I think they got surprised by the Nova Blast being so popular and then they you know yeah. really start to push it and I think they've there's now a whole load more Super Blast colorways coming out they lowered the price very slightly I think as well and I think they've realized they've got a winner there yeah. it is you know you look at it it's, you know, originally it was a 200 pound 45 millimeter stack shoe without a plate it's a niche shoe you say, well you know what why would you buy it and then you do buy it and you realize oh, i can do a bit of everything in this shoe and actually i want to do a bit of everything in this shoe every you know and the price doesn't seem so mad when suddenly you're replacing two shoes in a rotation with it and things like that but yeah it's still a little bit of a niche shoe so they're not going to push it that hard uh, i imagine just because you're going to flog a lot more nimbus and kyanos aren't you yeah <laughs> well the the runner-up in the uh, best daily shoe category is an interesting one that for me, it's probably one of the most I was exciting shoes of the year, but one that was was most surprising. Uh, that's the On Cloud Surface Seven, a shoe that it it's a complete overhaul of some of the materials that are used in pretty much all of On's shoes. So instead of using the Helium Superphone, it uses CloudTech Phase, which is a considerably softer shoe. It gives you a completely different ride than what you get in any of On's other shoes. And I think we all enjoyed that shoe, didn't we? Yeah, very much. Very yeah. much. Squeaky, yeah. but very, very good it's shoe. very right. squeaky, yeah. yeah my <laughs> girlfriend was walking around the house the other day and I was like, what? No, is there a mouse in it? <laughs> I do think it's the, it's the best ride on ever produced. It's one of the best rides of the year for mitching around. Like, it was, I think, Kieran, you talked about this recently with me. You're, about when you're coming back from like illness or injury and you start running again. You're so excited to be running and then a shoe really clicks with you as well and it's just like the mm. best feeling. And I had that with the Cloud Surfer and I was just ticking around in it. And it's quite light. It's not the most responsive shoe, but it is so light and fun to run and you can do some quicker stuff. But it's great fun to mooch around in. Um, yeah. I still haven't hit like a mass amount of distance in mine though. That's probably my concern on durability. I don't know if you guys have done yeah. big distances in, in them yet. No, I've, I've just been using it for you know maximum 12k. I use it for those like easy daily runs and just do just been doing plodding those out. But uh, I did do one where I didn't realise that the, sh- the shoe was squeaking, and I was really <laughs> confused the whole way. I could keep stopping and like checking my belt and stuff. Uh, until somebody somebody else mentioned to me that it does squeak so now I know what it is it definitely does I mean I've been on a trip with Owen we were all in cloud, cloud surface and it was just collective squeaking <laughs> everywhere we went so yeah definitely definitely does squeak <laughs> nice uh, well hopefully we'll see some more shoes come out with this cloud tech phase gorgeous uh, shoe for walking around as well which is classic yeah, on just as is really... the super blast <laughs> yeah. yeah I have to say I basically just live in the super blast at the moment <laughs> <laughs> okay so from daily shoes on to best cushion shoes another one that we had a lot of different um, conflicting entries for uh, Mike what <laughs> won the top spot for best cushion shoe of 2023 yeah so the winner we've gone for is the Saucony Triumph 21 <laughs> I think generally we're all pretty much fans of this shoe i think you know in terms of what Socrates delivered in this shoe you know they've changed things in terms of the upper but in terms of the feel in terms of the types of runs it's designed for and i think it has a little bit of versatility where i think some of the cushion shoes that we've seen this year maybe doesn't quite have that same level of versatility but you know it's a shoe that i have been using long term and it's just as i say it's a really enjoyable comfortable you've got that kind of power run 
um, kind of folk plus foam. You've got that sock climbing. I think you kind of really sink into as well. But I think it's got a nice kind of rocker ride in there as well that makes yeah. it an enjoyable shoe to run in as well. And a one, a one that I think you can soak up a lot of time in. Um, and I think a worthy winner in in terms of its category. Well, one of you, I think it was you, Mike, or it might be you, Kieran. You actually put it in as a top spot for best daily shoe, which is interesting oh. because that is sort of what what a lot of people view this shoe as now. I think maybe I, I think maybe I did, but I think that it does have that versatility. Mm. Where I maybe didn't feel like that before. I'm not sure if it would maybe Kieran would put it in, but I think I do think that it has a little bit more versatility. Where I think some of the shoes that we've seen this year that probably sit in this category maybe don't have that same kind mm. of feel about it. But I do, yeah, I think there is an element to that that I think it can work like that. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I'd say that it is. I think it's got more than just being, you know, I, I, when I think about it up against something like a like a Nimbus, which we might talk about in a sec. For that, it's it's different. I think it does more. I think it offers. I think Spoiler. it offers more. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, good way that. It, it offers. Um, it offers more than that to me, and I think that's what really appeals. That it's not just, you know, it's, it's not just a shoe like we talked about the the, um, the ten eighty V thirteen that you're just going to only go and run easy miles in. There's a lot more to it. It can do a lot more. But when you want to go and run in a nice kind of cushioned shoe, then it's it's got that in its locker. So I think there's definitely versatility there. Mm. It's a triumph. Yeah, mm. There you go. It's, yeah. Uh, well, um, does anybody want to let us know what the, uh, the runner-up is? No idea. No idea. Uh... <laughs> so the A6 Yelma was 25, which is probably not wasn't that surprising based on how we all reviewed it earlier in the year. But um, yeah, who wants to pick this one up? Yeah, I mean, I could start. I mean, I think um, it's a, it's a, you know massively changed shoe from the previous shoe. One that again we talked about versatility. I think you had that with the previous shoe, but I think this has gone kind of a different direction and. And I think it's worked. For, I think we probably agree in terms of what it's the, the type of runs it's designed for. It works very well. It's very plush. I think the changes in terms of the upper all designed around giving you something that's really comfortable. Um, and it's a shoe that personally I I have enjoyed running in. And if you're going to go long, go slow, long, easy runs, I think it's ideal for that. It's just all about comfort here. The Nimbus Twenty Five. And I think from that point of view, that's a sh- what you're looking for in a shoe. This is this is a really good one for that. I think as well. I really liked, really like it for long runs. I was a bit underwhelmed in our first run review just because the level of hype was insane for a cushion <laughs> shoe. I was getting a bit annoyed by that, and then you know, ran a bit more. I thought, oh no, it is a really good cushion shoe. And I just really like long runs in this shoe because it's one of those shoes, a bit like the Brooks Glitter in twenty, which hasn't been updated this year. It's a bit surprising. Feels just as good at the end of a run. It's not like really. Oh, it's really soft for the first few miles, but then gets a bit sappy and starts to sink in. And you know, it has a bit of resiliency. The foam in the Nimbus, so it gives you that bounce all the way through and that comfort. And yeah, really good long run shoe very hard to argue with apart from uh, you know high price i mean this is one thing about cushion shoes this year right they've mm. you know we'll talk about super last being expensive most of these cushion shoes are now within about 20 quid 20 dollars of the of the super last and it's a lot of money for a cushion shoe i tell you what though cushion shoes do come down in well a lot of them come down in price a lot quicker than the super blast does yeah definitely yeah they're obviously now and also nearly all very long running lines so you know next yeah. year the adidas six won't make a big update to the gel numbers probably so the 25 will suddenly be a big bargain because it'll be very similar to the new one okay so from comfortable cushion shoes to the big one the best race shoe 2023 which has been an interesting year for race shoes nick what won the top spot for best race shoe of 2023 
it has been an interesting year for race shoes. Some brands just opted not to update their shoes at all. And then we've had some insane recent developments with the Pro Evo 1 mm-hmm. and the AlphaFly 3, which aren't really available. So we haven't really included them in voting yet. But I think what's been the big story this year has been new well, brands that hadn't made a very good carbon racing shoe making good carbon racing shoes. So quick shout outs to all of those brands. You know, On made a good racing shoe at last. Under Armour made a good racing shoe. Hoka. But the winner is the Nike Vaporfly 3. <laughs> we're pretty basic and we just gone with the Vaporfly but no I love the Vaporfly 3 now, we don't all agree on this so we'll discuss that in a minute but I basically think they've made it perfect and then we'll see what the Alphaly 3 is like in the Pro Evo 1 but they reduced the weight they had a little bit more cushion they reduced the outsole a bit which is a bit of a problem because it's not as durable but pure racing I think it's perfect it's so light you can turn your feet over really quickly I've loved racing very short distances in this shoe like 4.8k distances but you've got that cushioning and bounce there done a marathon in it as well and it just feels superb towards the end and right now it's perfect for me I can't wait to race any distance in the shoe any kind of session you can cruise around in it you know doing hard sessions at cruisy paces I wouldn't go and do easy easy runs I wouldn't do that but um, and then you can race so I think it's you know nailed it and uh, so I think a few of us voted for this but then a few of us other guys here don't like it as much as older shoes right i would say so i really like it i think it's a solid great shoe uh the only thing i would say about it is i don't think as much in it with the the vaporfly 2 mm-hmm. so um and i i'd actually go as far as to say i'm not sure i like the slight bit more cushioning uh in in the new one um compared to the the vaporfly 2 when i've gone out in the vaporfly 2 since just to check the feel of it i think i do prefer the vaporfly 2 and also i have this major issue that i ripped the bottom off of all my race shoes and yeah, this has uh, been the year of scuffy tom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it about 7k on a 10k race just destroyed the the outsole of the vapor 3 which is not what you want to do with a shoe that expensive no i mean i i, I also think i i prefer the vapor fly 2 as well simply i i just think they're a little bit there's a bit more stiffness there's a bit more directness to the vapor fly 2 to me it's just overall a bit more racy than the, the new version which that, that that extra bit of cushioning i think just softens it and dulls it a little bit for the way that i run as a it's still a great shoe and i understand why a lot more people or a lot of people still love it and actually i think there's a little bit more protection there if you're not running quite as well the vaporfly 2 you kind of had to be in a certain form i i found or running in a certain way you know attacking a race but yeah and i think you could do more in the in the three but yeah i think for for all out racing i would still go two over the three well i think it's interesting as well is i also think by the way like i love the vaporfly 3 clearly but if you're finding the vaporfly 2 for 100 quid less i'm buying the vaporfly mm. 2 um you know i'm not crazy um but <laughs> i think nike seems to be you know you had the vaporfly and the alpha fly with the two the second version of each very clear differentiation the alpha fly was a lot heavier a lot bigger a lot more propulsive great for marathons vaporfly was light you know firm stiff speedy it feels like maybe they're merging a little bit the latest generation is the Vaporfly 3 got that a little bit softer a little bit more cushioned still very light the Alphafly 3 what we've seen from prototypes looks like they've lightened it a bit streamlined it a bit maybe the shoes are coming together a little bit and I wonder if that'll be you know great or not but it does seem like Nike has moved on from the Vaporfly 3 and put all of its elite in the Alphafly 3 you know this uh, this uh, this autumn for the big races so uh, yeah there might be more the more of the focus going forward for the brand um potentially okay well speaking think, of other brands that have released or really up their game when it comes to carbon plate shoes what got the runner-up uh kieran yeah so given the runner-up to this and it's nice to see them make a shoe that's actually i think it's their best race shoe yeah it's hoka's rocket x2 best carbon shoe they've produced and i think they finally have a winner that you know again it's this is a shoe that's sort of really quite well balanced it's agile it's light there's a little bit of softness to it but it's still really energetic I think it's springy and lively, all of those things. 
And the one thing I really love about it is there's lots of versatility in it. So I think you can, it's, I think it's probably best racing all out up to the half marathon. It might be a little bit too sort of direct for some people going beyond that up to the marathon distance, but it can cope with a, you know, a range of paces and distances. And it's a carbon shoe that, you know, it feels even sort of a little bit better equipped for training runs as well. So I think it kind of bleeds back into that. You know, there's some of the carbon races, you'd look at them, you think, do I really want to go and train in those? Not, not particularly, just because they sort of feel the way that they kind of feel on the foot and the way that you're going to run in them. You've got to be yeah, in a I certain also, kind of mindset, but yeah. I also ripped yeah. the outsole off of my Rubber <laughs> just for reference. That's a great. That's, seeing a, that's seeing the real one. Here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, all the Vaporfly and ons, I've seen a lot of people rip those outsoles. I've never seen someone rip the outsole off the Rocket X Two apart from Tom. Yeah, one run, it's all needed. Sorted, done. I really like the Rocket X Two as well. I, I think it's a beautiful shoe for one, which is quite rare in common shoes in the mm. version. But I think it's also a low drop super shoe that feels like a low drop super shoe. Like it mm. does feel much more and a flat across the thing you know if you like that low drop feeling whereas some of the ones that have low drop are such aggressive rockers i think they still feel like you know, normal drop higher drop shoes um i i i differ with like so i i think it's a really soft shoe and actually that's the only problem i had with it for long distances when i did longer runs in it i did feel like the foam just compressed a little bit i didn't get quite so much bounce at the end um i just feel like it's quite a soft foam they have there but then you know, everyone has slightly different things about shoes, but I love. I think it's quite a stable carbon race shoe as well. I really, I had a twisty race in it, and it's a shoe you can really go at corners in, uh, and it also offered fantastic grip on a really wet track in one session, which again is not something you necessarily get from racing shoes. Obviously, you don't get it if you rip off the outsole. No. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's all the shoes done, um, uh, uh, and then we've got our new award that came the world well, new last year, uh, which is the brand <laughs> of the year. Um, so it's the second year we've done it. I mean, it was but, two out of three years. Is that new or is it an established tradition? It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty new. It's pretty new. Uh, if we if we've been doing the uh, awards for a while, yeah. Uh, the so the brand of the year is is a uh, award we give to a brand that we think has made some big improvements or or, or done or really made us notice what has been being released over the over the past year. Uh, last year it was Saucony. Hmm. Uh, what this year, Nick? Did we pick as our brand of the year? I think it's a lot tighter this year. Last year, it felt to all of us that Saucony had really had a great year and just made almost the best shoe in every category. And um, what ASICS has done this year, like, is they it's, it's not about carbon shoes. This they don't haven't updated their carbon shoes this year. But I feel like every single shoe I've tried of theirs this year has been good, like really good. And just they've put their FF Blast Plus foam in loads of shoes. They've made some shoes lighter. They've just generally improved every shoe in their range to the point where they've got a really top offering in every category like going from you know, the nimbus and the carano massive cushion stability and neutral shoes um just really comfortable fun to run in you've got the super blast obviously an outrageously fun shoe that people have really started to take to they uh going at the magic speed three like budget carbon racing shoe or training partner shoe really fast the fastest i think of the super trainers just a really fun shoe to run in and on the trails as well the um fuji speed 2 i think is my favorite of the plated carbon trail shoes that have come out just because it is genuinely very fast really dynamic ride and it just feels like every time i pulled on an elastic shoe this year it's been quite a similar and consistently impressive feeling like nothing is like wearing down fast Tom hasn't ripped the outsole of any of the ASIC shoes uh, <laughs> well let's, let's not forget the, the Joe Pernod 30 Nick, that's, that's a big uh, no I've not ripped the outsole of that one that's what I mean yeah that's, there you go you're most impossible but, exactly um, you'd, have to, you'd be digging in there with a claw hammer to get that out well so for I, me that, that was that was the, the big thing for me the, the, the Joe Pernod 30 is the first Joe Keanu shoe I've really liked yeah, and same with the Nimbus, actually. The first Nimbus I really like. It's just, yeah, it just feels across the board they've made just a load of excellent shoes that are not only like quite fun and 
exciting to pull on but actually just fundamentally good shoes that last a long time feel good on every run don't wear down just are practical good shoes yeah i think they've they've made some bold decisions about making changes to some iconic lines and they could you know they ran, ran the risk of like you know ultimately getting it wrong but i think most of the decisions they've made they've got right i think they've also listened in terms of previous iterations of shoes that haven't quite hit the mark and they've learned and they've delivered better versions of those shoes so yeah i'd agree that i think they've they probably had a good year and as Nick said I think across the range I think that's the most important thing it's not just been one category of shoe it's been across different you know different types of shoes as well and all this we don't even really like the Nova Blast 3 that much so imagine if we did like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see certainly what they do with the Metaspeed line next year but those are just very good racing shoes as well so yeah, yeah. good shoes available if you want to go all ASICs it's a very easy to build a fantastic rotation Nice. And our runner-up is a brand that pops up constantly. Um, everyone <laughs> seems to have this somewhere in their list of uh, picks. Uh, uh, it's Garmin. So it, what's Garmin done this year that, that, that we really liked? Made a load of good watches. Move on. The standout. The standout that has to be that they've made five hundred editions of the Phoenix Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would and say also, next year they'd get the they yeah. get brand of the year if they just trimmed down the range a bit and made our lives easier. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I could. I mean, the, that it's just there's no bad garments anymore, like because they've all got the same underlying excellent features the top ends always amazing i still yeah i still think they could probably use a better entry level watch just to compete yeah. with some stuff out there but i mean mm. we all really like yeah, even going up to the epics pro this year they're even making amoled watches that last a long time so yeah they're taking on everything okay uh, and the final award for the uh, the run testers awards 2023 is the audience award so this is where we uh, ask the audience across instagram and youtube to pick their favorite shoe of the year. Now, we're not specific about the type of shoe, we just asked for their favorite shoe. Um, and this, there was a lot of people who who commented with their shoes. I think there's, it was in the hundreds uh, where people were commenting and there was a massive range of shoes. Some that you would quite assume that would be in there and some that I'd never heard of. Um, so, um, but there was one clear winner by miles across every, every, uh, all of the the, the the voting, and that was the the uh, the Asics Super Blast. People seem to love that shoe, despite the price, despite yeah. the fact it hasn't got loads of marketing uh, behind it. it it's it, it was by far and away the the most popular shoe that people were voting for. Word of mouth sensation. So our 2003 shoe of the year is a shoe released in 2022 because we, we can actually get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there were sub shoes in there that were from like three years ago. So. <laughs> um, uh, and then the runner up was an interesting one actually. That was the Boston 12. Yeah, I mean, this is only I've tested it. I do think this would be featured quite strongly across our awards if. You'd all, you guys had all tested it as well. I, I really don't see a reason why anyone you wouldn't like it. It's a, it's a brilliant shoe. It's it's the Adidas. The previous couple of versions of the Boston were not really that well received. They were a massive stack, quite firm, built like a tank and lasted forever, and quite good for long runs, but just not really a fun feeling on the run. And the Boston Twelve is is a fun feeling on the run, while still being, you know, a great long run option. Good continental rubber outsole, nice dual density midsole. Upper, I don't like very much. It's a bit too racy, I think, for a uh, for a shoe you're going to use most days rather than for actual races. Yeah, brilliant shoe, and I I do think if you guys get hold of it, it might have uh, it might have snuck into a couple of other categories potentially. Cheers, Adidas. <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't get brand of the year because I voted for them. I've tested, I've tested all the shoes. If, if they. If <laughs> well, that's it for the awards 2023 for another year. Wow. 
God. Yeah. Well done to everybody who won and all the runners up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be back. Well, we'll be back next year. <laughs> this time next year. We're going to book yeah, we Wembley for next year, year, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. we'll, book, um, we'll book the Royal but... Albert Hall to do the uh, to do the ceremony next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if we bigger and bigger. I, I don't know why I'm saying this because I know it'll happen anyway. But if there's anything we missed or you feel that we got some of the the <laughs> uh, the, the the picks wrong, then let us know in the comments. I mean, we will know you're going to let us know in the comments. Picks, I think there. So. <laughs> 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 um, it's a difference of opinion, so you know, yeah. not everyone. Yeah, all the votes have been counted, and you know, it's not easy. So until <laughs> next year, see you. Catch you again. It's been a triumph. See it. Yeah, been a triumph. Been a triumph. That's it from the Run Testers Awards 2023. Thanks a lot for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on the podcast provider of your choice. And if you like what you heard, leave us a rating and a review and we would be very happy. Thanks a lot for listening. Catch you next time. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley, Kieran Alger, Nick Harris-Ferrari and Mike Saw. The music was by Fear of Tigers. Fear of Tigers.